0: The following is a presentation of the Four Center Podcast Feed.
4: From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast Feed, and this episode is one of our deep dives. We are going to do a dive from a high board into the deep end of a big pool of bhakta swim around, and enjoy calmly discussing the great obi-wan kenobi documentary that was recently released on disney plus i'm very excited to discuss this and i'm joseph scrimshaw
1: canapsack i realize there's no answers this is just discussion that's the other show this is back (laughs) that this is swimming around in a warm goo and i'm excited
4: (laughs) yeah it was very nice to have some goo time but before we Mm. get into our goo we want to let you know that today's podcast is brought to you by audible Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at AudibleTrial.com/4Center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. This week we are recommending Padawan by Kirsten White, a young Obi Wan adventure. Maybe we'll get a documentary about this book someday. If you want to download your free audiobook, you can go to AudibleTrial.com/4Center. One more time, that's AudibleTrial.com/4Center for your free audiobook. All right, Ken, are you ready to discuss this documentary?
1: I really am. I really am. There's a <laughs> lot to discuss in many directions. I'm excited.
4: Yeah, there really is. Uh, so this was a uh, a documentary that was released for Disney Plus Day, which this year was September 8th. Who knows what year it w- or day what it will be on in future years. Uh, but the documentary itself is called Obi-Wan Kenobi, colon, A Jedi's Return. Uh, it was directed by David Gelb. It is of course uh i think interesting to note right off the bat that a lot of the sort of behind the scenes documentaries have been under the general umbrella of this disney gallery uh and this one uh wasn't this one was it's kind of its own beast which we are going to discuss a bunch ken what was your overall reaction to this documentary
1: i think this doc really accomplished what it wanted to do and it's key and it's going to be key to our discussion i think uh it highlighted Kenobi, Anakin, and the actors that portray them, and, and really highlighted Debra uh, Chowna in a wonderful way, along with other things. So I, I enjoyed it, and, um, you know, it was able to, you know, again, Devin, it seems to highlight the history and the generations, and, and, and truly explore the return of this legend, which I, which I loved, and celebrate the community. Uh, I had some reactions to some of the stuff, some questions about it, and... To the point where I, you know, I don't, I don't know if I, how much I enjoyed this one, but then every time I watched it, I cried. <laughs> so that's one of the, that. you know, Force Center, I think we really love, we don't just love leading with discussions around themes. We love leading with our heart. Uh, that's why we do it. That we find what connects to our hearts what, by looking at those themes of all these things. And and so that just was a reminder for me to listen to ourselves when we when when we say hey go into a movie and engage with what's there uh, yes you're gonna have questions and there's a lot of what ifs and how did that happen and could have would have should have that I have for this doc but it moved me twice that's a good sign so I like
4: it yeah no I I went into it uh, having known that you were emotionally moved I was very curious and uh, mm-hmm. I was uh, deeply emotionally moved as well we'll talk about that but this was definitely a uh, yeah don't go in just with your expectations, uh, be open to what this doc is because it is different than some of the other docs. And and the big thing for me is that it is all about emotion. Not not that other documentaries don't have that. But this, to me, was not a documentary about how the show was made. It was about the people who made it. Um, Yes. And we did get some insights on uh, creative process and some tech Mm -hmm. stuff, but it really was about, these individuals kind of as humans and almost like their emotional experience of making it their relationship with Star Wars um, there's that one quote from from Deborah Chow talking about how the obi-wan Kenobi show that she and Ewan discussed that it's a little bit more about Ben Kenobi the man the human mm. uh, than obi-wan the Jedi uh, which I thought was really interesting and insightful because in the vast majority of Obi-Wan Kenobi storytelling, other than, uh, you know, maybe some Clone Wars episodes, we've really been kind of focused on. Obi-Wan is a steadfast hero who needs to mm-hmm. be there for other people, and he goes through some things, but he doesn't have time for Obi-Wan to worry about Obi-Wan, and this yeah. whole show is kind of Obi-Wan needing to refine Obi-Wan, and I thought that was, like, a great, fun, creative insight, but, like, for me, that was also, like, and that's what this doc is, too. This isn't necessarily about, like, how was this you know, crafted technically. How yeah. was it made? When was this decision made? This was much more about the people.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and, and engaging with that has been very valuable for me. You know, because this this doc maybe it's you know maybe I don't know. It comes off harsh to say, but it did not accomplish things that I wanted it to do. <laughs> and I, me, 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 first of the Gibbies. Uh I wanted a little bit more of those insights, and you're right, we got a lot of insights, but I wanted some specific insights and I came into it with a lot of those questions and then you know there was for whatever reasons and you remember this is still a time of a pandemic when you're putting this together and who can travel easily I you know I was like where's Jimmy Smith's Simone Castle, Vivian Lara Lara Blair I want more of that yeah I wanted more of that um and I didn't necessarily get it but I did get some wonderful moments and and just one the, the example I'll give Joseph and we can dive on into other things but like you know when they talked about the story of um Leia and Kenobi and how a lot of people expected it to be Luke and, and Kenobi, but uh, we, we, we did this and I, and I wanted to pause and be like, except for you all did say at one point uh, that it was going to be Luke. Why? So why was the change? Because I love the change. And I realized, I think I'm asking more of a podcast that would come later on. <laughs>
4: Yeah, no, I think uh, I think that is just the nature of things to accept. I, I think it's always been true, but perhaps more true in this age that you're going to get documentaries that are made um, immediately and that are are sensitive on the sensitive issues, and then you wait, <laughs> yeah, ten uh, to thirty to forty years for enough time has passed so you can have a um, a documentary like Light and Magic where the band aid gets ripped off, right? Yeah. Um, no one was making a documentary the year after Jurassic Park came out about how it, it how Jurassic right. Park was great, but also destroyed Phil Tippett's world. And so, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, that's a great, that's a great example. Yes.
4: <laughs> right. That's not, yes. that's not on the, like, the, the first DVD of Jurassic Park to my knowledge of. Mm-hmm. Learn how we made these dinosaurs and ripped apart <laughs> the tradition. <laughs> Stop motion animation. Uh, That's just that's the truth of documentaries. I always mention and think about um, in the late 90s, early 2000s, there was a a whole DVD series of uh, all the James Bond movies up to that point. Mm. And they all had these amazing, totally honest behind the scenes uh, documentaries until you got to the Pierce Brosnan films and then it was just absolutely fluff. <laughs> then, then, And then the special edition things were just like, let's examine all of James Bond's watches. Like, doesn't everybody yeah. like Pierce Brosnan's hair? Like it was just <laughs> the most obvious. This is what happens with time. There comes more yeah. truth in You, you mm. can't have it immediately. Always, you yeah. know, we get yep. we've got it we got spoiled a little bit because there was it was a little bit more band-aid off uh with uh the director and the jedi and, and even mm-hmm. with the rise of skywalker one i think there was some yep. dancing around the edges of some some controversies or, or hurt feelings um yeah but in general we're not going to get that immediately
1: yeah no and it's a great reminder that i don't even know if one one day we'll get the solo doc that i really want but <laughs> <laughs> yeah no and I, and i'm uh and and to be clear i i love what you i love what you're saying because it's so true and it's like i I really had to pull back and be like, okay, what is this trying to accomplish? And what do I want to hear? I guess I want to hear you uh, McGregor, Deborah Chow, and maybe Joe B. Harold sitting around a table just talking about the decisions, but that's not that's not this. Was that going to be this? So what is there?
4: Yeah. Yeah. And we'll talk about it more, but I want to be sure to kind of um, bring it up in our overall big picture perspective. I, I I do think the documentary is absolutely about things. And I think one of the main things it's about is it, that maybe that is controversial for some fans. Honestly, mm-hmm. is wrestling with that balance of the legacy and the new, right?
1: Yeah.
4: Um. To to see these actors watching the old films projected, you know, up on the wall like they're almost like you know sacred. Right. Yeah. There is a level of reverence, but then there's a you know great. Um, comment from Deborah Chow talking about the the honor of inheriting these rich amazing characters but also has to tell her own story mm-hmm. and find that balance. So I do yeah. think that big central idea that is there of how do you wrestle with this balance of new and old in Star Wars with the uh, legacy and surprises with honoring George but also making it your own as an artist um and mm. i think that is something that that continues it, it it's not the like nuts and bolts of how did this project get made but that kind of big yeah. picture idea it, it when when you dig through a lot of i think fans worries or concerns or things they didn't like they get down to this issue of the balance between the new and the old so i do think mm. it was interesting that they took that on uh kind of uh head first yeah yeah,
1: I think anytime you say that word George Lucas, that name, which is kind of a word, George <laughs> Lucas, uh, yeah, no, it, it it's an interesting thing, and and they went right at. It. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, and some of the big themes uh, tied around that.
4: Yeah, final big picture thought is, uh, Ewan McGregor just always seems fun to hang out with.
1: <laughs> really does, really
4: does. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh. All right. Let's get into this in some detail. Then, uh, what big idea or theme do you think the documentary was? trying to convey um, kind of already started talking a little, little bit of that balance of old and new, but what other big ideas do you feel like were there in this documentary?
1: Yeah. Beyond the, the, the the generations, the old and the new, it comes up so many times. And, and uh, I love what you said about Deborah Chow saying, yeah, I got to tell my own story. Uh, And she can't be George. No one can, but uh, this idea of a Jedi returns in both the story, the series and the story of the characters being brought back and why that's valuable to us. Mm. Uh, And I love Especially some of the stuff they, they got to in the end and, and, and a lot of the performers same. Uh, and I think when we get to some stuff about what moved me, this, this is a prequel era project in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Yes, even this doc starts with Alec Guinness, as it should. But let's be honest, this is, this is built on the prequels. <laughs> it's built on the generation that, that grew up either loving something they were told was bad or coming to it from a different spot and that coming mm-hmm. up time and time again, especially from you and they like, Oh my gosh, you know, this is their, this is their star Wars. That was very important that, um, that, that, uh, that, that was at play and, and then why that's all valuable, as well as again, the old and new, I don't want anyone to mistake me. This is definitely built on a new hope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it builds to it, but this is from the prequels to that moment. And so the prequel energy was strong all the way through this, uh, and, and the generation there and, 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 and the importance of it being our story.
4: Mm, yeah, no, I, I really like that. Yeah, because that sense of reverence for the old wasn't just toward the original trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> it was also yes. towards the the prequel trilogy. Talk about how the passage of time, you know, changes things. Um, yeah. yeah, I was really struck by um, how much of the just interviews with the performers, again, it wasn't like necessarily about their process, you know. It was about their love. Um, mm-hmm. Many of them, their childhood love of Star Wars, uh, but also they're kind of in the moment. People just kind of nerding out about their own costumes, right? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Or about the ideas that exist in Star Wars that they get to embody. So I feel like it kind of uh, was a little bit of like, um, instead of just interviewing fans about why you love Star Wars, this documentary was kind of interviewing the people who just made this Star Wars about why they – loves star wars and it, 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 for me it was this really interesting frame it, it is about obi-wan so it makes a ton of sense to start with that great interview footage that i've never seen of alec guinness. Mm-hmm. um but it also it sets this tone right of mm-hmm. alec guinness is is saying nice things about a new hope right he is saying well it isn't uh past present or future it is kind of its own thing and I am intrigued by this character I'm playing that George explained to me he was a he was a sort of samurai warrior a monk like wise (laughs) character so Alec Guinness was having sort of respect for the project and the process he was having respect for Star Wars but lingering in his comments and and lingering in our cultural knowledge is the fact that he's not a big fan of sci-fi and fantasy Alec Guinness is from a time where those were maybe less than a serious realistic drama, right? Yeah. Um, even in that opening footage, he's being asked like, so this is kind of a sci-fi project and you don't normally do these. And he's like, yeah, I don't. And he's it, like, was it challenging? And he's like, top to bottom. <laughs> so it kind of starts out from this, mm-hmm. this reverence of Alec Guinness starting the role of Obi-Wan. He is mm-hmm. being respectful about Star Wars and Obi-Wan. But he is also kind of going, hmm, science fiction, fantasy. So you start from this this, uh, perspective uh, of of a moment where Star Wars maybe isn't going to work or a moment where maybe it is less than. Mm. And then you go into this whole documentary is a story of how powerful the modern myth of Star Wars is that it affected all... All of these people's lives in such a deep way, so I thought that was really interesting to start mm-hmm. with. Alec Guinness kind of going, eh, we'll see, <laughs> we'll see, and then everybody is saying it worked. It is a modern myth. Uh, Star Wars now it's it, science fiction and fantasy and genre. Uh, certainly, some people still look down their nose at them, but in yeah. terms of their like cultural power and their box office power, uh, they are not to be looked down upon. <laughs> You know, yeah. so it, to, to me, it, it raised these great questions of why, if, if it is such a powerhouse, then why? And mm. a lot mm. of things that came up to me were, were uh, actors and writers talking about choices. Like multiple actors discussed their characters wrestling with moral gray areas. The, that's yeah. what they were wrestling with. And I really, really loved the quote from Moses Ingram about Riva where she says, uh, the choices you make are sometimes muddled mm-hmm. when you're trying to move with your heart, you know? Yeah. Which I thought was just like a great, honest, like, you know, sometimes, uh, fans get upset because characters choices don't seem logical and then you know Mm -hmm. i'm always like look at your own choices look at your friends (laughs) choices are they logical like well i just he just said he was gonna go on a diet and then i saw him eat eat eight pounds of cheese bread like yeah that's (laughs) what we do we don't we don't move with logic we move with our hearts a lot of the time so i liked it on that level but it also Mm -hmm. kind of tied back to me that i feel like this question was raised of does star wars matter why does it matter and the answer kind of kept coming across as Because it's a parable about choices, about Mm. who do you want to be? Do you want to be a Jedi like Obi-Wan? Do you want to fall to hate like Anakin?
1: Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. And and, and the big idea, the the darkness to light thing, which is at the core to Obi-Wan's journey, but it's at the core of this series. And and even hearing you describe um, excellently the... The beginning of it with, with with Guinness. A little bit of darkness, like you put it out. But, but you know, he's a, he's a pro. But that's only, I think we're so aware of, of some of his opinions on it there. But it was a real truthful conversation. But from that, to get to uh, Star Wars Celebration, right? Like,
3: mm-hmm. truly
1: a journey along the way are, are choices about how you let it into your life and how you let it into your heart. Um, and it, it can get it can get muddled. It can get muddled along the way, you know? I, I, you know, I have my, my feelings about this doc almost mirror my complicated feelings about the volume in stagecraft. <laughs> I just absolutely love it. It's amazing. I don't know if I still like the way it looks, you know, it's just every day. And I just have to accept that <laughs> and lead with my heart, and move forward.
4: Right. Right. And if you, and I know from, from all of our talks on podcasts and in real life, y- you do get inspired by star Wars, right. Of like mm-hmm. when you are tempted to just lean into, yeah, no, it's bad. Blah, 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 blah. Right. Uh, the lessons that you have learned from star Wars, uh, convince you to to moderate yourself right to be honest but not to lead just with anger
1: yeah 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 be honest yeah honesty uh build, better building block than anger is that what you say yeah that's I, I think so i think <laughs> so and i feel like that's a lot what
4: the what the actors were really connecting to of you know haja and riva and mm-hmm. uh, and tala are all people who have experienced or, or participated in darkness or greed and but yeah. are kind of trying to get back to this better place um, mm-hmm. and I I just was kind of affected by it. that's a part of the answer that's a big part of the answer of why Star Wars matters because it is about yes. trying to make better choices and how hard that is mm-hmm yeah uh, so yeah. what, what, uh, technical process or creative insight did you get either from, you know, a featured moment or, or something you just spied in the background? Cause as we talked about, this wasn't a lot like, you know, Hey, let us explain to you exactly how we did this, but there were still yeah. some revelations.
1: Well, it's, again, mentioning the volume, graph, how how could you not, because there was some great stuff in there. The, the one shot of it turning on and off was oh. mind
4: blowing. Yeah, right. It was that was like the Inquisitor briefing room, right? Just going up from a white walls to then. (laughs) I I don't think I'd ever felt the power of I think I'd only seen shots where people walked in and it was blank or people walked in and it was there. But to see that room just appear and feel how much the mood, how much it changed your mood. That was really cool.
1: Yeah, just the little details of it. Because now we're, we're so many years into it now already. Um, and we've seen it covered in so many docs, right? And we've heard so many interviews, like, oh, you, you never believe it. And uh, and watching it with uh, my partner, Grace, a, a professional actor, she, she every time she sees it, she gets excited. She's like, you don't understand. That just changes everything. And I, and I totally grasp that. But I love seeing some of the scenes in this uh, series that had a little more depth to them, whether they're on location or a longer hallway or something. It just. You could you could uh, see the marrying of the two styles, uh, mm-hmm. and how that really worked for me. And there was, a little, you know, once again, I always say like sometimes what I think might be a hundred percent stagecraft is not, and I always do love that because it's 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 already it's already becoming becoming a little bit of an exhausting conversation outside the <laughs> walls of force center, where I feel I'm someone who has publicly said ah, I don't know I'm one of the folks at the volume's wonderful, but it doesn't look great. I've said that so many times, and now that. Andor's coming out and it's proudly not on that. Now I'm like, well, now I'm defensive of the volume.
4: <laughs>
1: I'm like, let's not do, let's not do that. Old and new. Let's figure this out. Yeah. And so there was a lot of great moments uh, in this talk about that. Uh, um, I also, love, there was a great moment with Deborah Chow talking about her father's love of Asian martial arts films mm. and action films. And I do want to discuss that, but I also want to pitch it back to you if you have any volume thoughts.
4: Yeah, no, I mean, I just continue to think that the the volume is a tool, right? And like every other tool, people learn to use it better, hopefully. And I think the more that they can meld things like it was really interesting to see like that, like one of the daytime shots on on Tatooine was, you know, at the large mm-hmm. homestead was outside with, yeah. you know, a big green screen for the back uh, of behind the old homestead there and like that's great to see for the light you know but then the one of the nighttime yeah. ones is just the volume um so i think the more that they can keep me guessing sometimes you're like yeah no that's that's live or yeah that's volume but the more times that i can't tell which uh the better and i feel like they're getting closer to kind of obscuring uh, how, how yeah. obvious is it that this is a set this is a volume yeah um
1: yeah, and, and I fall for it all the time. So I, that's why I'm just, I'm just going to shut up. I'm just
4: going to shut up. About it. No, I understand. Um, Because I, I have my ups and downs with it as well. And mm. seeing that Inquisitor briefing room creep up those white walls, that was one of my favorite sort of technical moments. And it was yeah. just kind of like in the background thing. It wasn't a discussion. Um, Yeah, yeah no, I think we we noted some of the same uh, moments because, yeah, I really loved uh Deborah Chow saying that she was attached to the the father-daughter story Mm. of Obi-Wan and Leia and getting into her father. So I'm I'm really curious to hear your thoughts on that.
1: Uh, It it, it tracks it and it works also for uh, Ewan And some of his comments about, you know, um, him having four, four daughters, I think you said, right. Mm -hmm. And then his wee lad with some cigars left over from the celebration. (laughs) Yeah. And that just kind of worked and that's key and that's key to uh, having that kind of perspective, which we've talked about a lot of of different voices and different people come in and including uh, just simply a daughter being at the helm of this uh, could uh, add something to that because it worked and it's all the way through. And there's some great moments, obviously, with uh, Vivian Blair and Deborah Chow. Uh, we talk about that some just really cute adorable moments but uh, what a great director to know how to communicate to her to really get this story uh out there and it just made a lot of sense that this is the direction they went so even though i want to know because i this is the direction i'm glad they went in uh loved love little luke would have taken more little luke too yeah but little uh so powerful and so the fact that they got there um there could be canon reasons, right? Like, oh, uh, this is easier to go this than Luke. Or it could all these, those are almost boring reasons. But the fact mm-hmm. that maybe someone like Deborah Chow uh, was like, hey, what about exploring this uh, work mm-hmm. for me?
4: Yeah, no, I, I really agree with that. I think her her early quote was, uh, I can't copy what George did. I'm not George, so I have to tell my own story with these characters. Yes. And, you know, creators say things like this uh, all the time. You know, Kathleen Kennedy has a, a great quote, I believe, in the director in the Jedi documentary about, like, you know, what made Star Wars great is it was George's heart. It was George's passion. So we need to find directors who want to, and writers who want to tell that story that is from their perspective, which is great and I agree with. And then I want... I want to go like, okay, well, what is it? <laughs> yes. What is yeah. that perspective? And I love that this documentary, Child got into, you know, a couple of perspectives of her own life and her own experience that she brought in of having, yeah. you know, a close relationship with her father and knowing uh, the importance of that kind of bond between mm-hmm. a father and a daughter, or in this case with, with Leia and Obi-Wan, a, a father figure and a daughter figure. Uh, but then also talked about, you know, her father's love of film. And in particular, uh martial art films, which are fast and inventive, and being mm. interested in the action scenes and in that kind of connection between martial art films and Star Wars films, and the you know yeah, so that's a very specific thing. But then also when she this kind of went to creative process, but also why why different people love Star Wars. I mm-hmm. really love what Deborah Chow said about her appreciation for for Leia. Right? Yeah. Uh, I think she. In in my opinion, really really nailed it. <laughs> that mm-hmm. Leia was unique for being multi dimensional. Yeah. Uh, I'm paraphrasing, but she was saying, you know, a lot of times a, a y- you you'll be sort of marketed to that this woman is a badass and it's just about her physical prowess and violence and yeah, able to defeat people, which is cool, great. Yeah, but the fact that Deborah Chow was saying what makes Leia different is. Yeah, she's good with the blaster, uh, but uh, she's also you know snarky and brilliant, and has all this responsibility on her shoulders. And she is also uh, kind and soft and empathetic in moments. And she can be all of these things, being so multidimensional. And and to me, that was like, okay, that's somebody's specific love, specific understanding of Leia, and saying, I want to put more of that on the screen. I want to, uh, you know. And she talks also about, like, Leia's, Leia's you know, did a lot mm. for the rebelling. It's not just Luke. Luke couldn't have done it without Leia. So I want to put right. that emphasis. So, it, yeah. yeah, that was really powerful and insightful to me to get to hear some of, like, her personal relationship with Leia as a character and why she would want to yeah. tell that story.
1: Well, and and, and her connecting it to, to Carrie Fisher and who she was. Yeah, it's one yeah. of the things I've, I've had discussion. Who knows? We've done so many episodes. If I've mentioned it here before, I apologize. But... But that's definitely an off off air conversation we have with folks where you hear a strong woman character or a strong female character, and and everyone from a certain generation who writes those characters, who are mostly let's men, think of 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 Linda Hamilton in T two. Oh, I got mm-hmm. it like that, and they think of her in a tank up with a gun and the glasses, and not her being a protective mother, right? Or right. all that stuff. And so I I get it, and it's again, well, it's again, it's one of those things that gets just boiled down to and almost loses its meaning and I, I was very happy to hear Deborah Chow just kind of point that out like sure 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 she is a self-rescuing princess uh, she also is all these things and that's yeah. why that's why she stood the test of time as a character and why she's here and why I wanted to explore the character
4: yeah and, and again that kind of theme of what, what do the humans bring to the storytelling her emphasizing that like yep on the page Leia's great but Gary Fisher brought so much of her herself to Leia right yeah um, yeah that was really great um, hmm. kind of other um creative insight that I really enjoyed seeing is uh it was seeing Deborah directing Ian McDermott. Oh, um, that was the best right <laughs> I mean because we we kind of <laughs> joked even before uh palpatine did appear at the end that like you know it's possible that he's just sitting in a, in a chair in his own home skyping in a you mm-hmm. know a, a hollow head, and it wasn't quite that but it appeared pretty close <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and it's great to see her on the well, screen she was, yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah she was just skyping in uh on his it, it i love just seeing him just on that green screen it makes all the technical sense in the world but it also just kind of looks like he's yeah. doing a photo shoot <laughs> for vogue <laughs> uh,
1: yeah i mean i know we're we're like-minded about palpatine and ian mcdormitt like i could have taken 30 minutes of just him going mm, i forgot that but can i do it again oh oh my oh my yeah. <laughs>
4: Yes, I keep the forgetting the word "execute" for some reason. You'd think <laughs> that would be a word he would remember. It's so so funny. Uh, but it's all it's always. I was. It was really great to see a couple moments of uh, of Deborah actually directing, right? Mm-hmm, and seeing mm-hmm. what her tone is. Uh, I'm fascinated with that because I have done a lot of uh, theater acting and a lot of theater directing, and, and it is an art to figure out. Um, how to communicate what you as the director want and need while also giving lots of room for uh, the people performing to own their performance right yeah uh, and, and there's some great moments with her directing Lilia. <laughs> oh, right just the best uh, but just seeing that great touch of like yeah let's try some faster let's try some you know a little slower and more intense you know like it, obviously, you know a great way to direct uh, someone like Ian McDermott, who has mm-hmm. been playing this character for one thousand years, but still needs <laughs> to know what is wanted for this specific, you know, moment, yeah. this specific reading of these lines. You know that there's that delicate balance, and it was uh, great to see how she handled that.
1: Yeah, an in, in, insight. Uh, a lot of a lot of what was there on screen in terms of themes and stuff. It, just but to hear them discussing it, to hear him, you know, to show the scene as he's uh, recording it, as uh, filming it. Uh, and, and hearing why that scene's important to Vader uh, Why it's mm. key to Vader it was it was just great to see that um, Yeah, and it's a sign that, you know, like, like you're saying It's a sign that E. McDermott is such a great actor Because, yeah, he still wants you Yeah, yeah, what are we doing? Let me know uh, I yeah, have my like, thoughts, but you're here, and let me hear it
4: Yeah, how, how all does this fit in? You know, uh, how mm-hmm. angry is he? <laughs> yeah <laughs> How manipulative? Yeah <laughs> <laughs> How dangerous are his fingers in this moment? He needs to know these things uh, so should we move on to emotions? Emotions. Let me lead with my heart. Oh, the, this could easily be the, the longest, uh, segment, <laughs> but I, I think I managed to contain myself a little bit. Uh, what was, uh, the most emotional moment or two for you? Uh,
1: and I, I had to go back. It's so, it's funny. <laughs> I had to go back to the doc a third time after you sent across some, some notes. Cause I was like, that's a great question. Like what really got me? And then after my second viewing, I'll start my discussion here. After my second viewing, um, I was a little emotional. Uh, Grace was watching it with me. She didn't watch it uh, with me the first time. So she was, you know, a, a, a little emotional too. So She's a big Star Wars fan as an actor. She just loves seeing actors work, right? It just inspires her. But she, she asked me an important question. Like, well, what, so why are you emotional? Like, I, I need, like, in a, in, a, in a good way, like, tell me why. And, and I had to really think about what in that doc I just saw got me. And it it goes to that sense of community. It goes to that sense of, of belonging. And there's something that I I get extra moved by Um, folks from the prequels, man.
3: Mm.
1: Ewan Hayden, Bonnie, Joel, anyone. And, 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 uh, you know, I wish, I wish Ahmed was in it. Not I would have taken Jar Jar with the beard, like the rumors or something else. I just love hearing them. And God, I hope one day we, Jake Lloyd wants to discuss it again and Mm. we, we can get to a better spot that would uh, i'd be a puddle of tears if that happens there's just something about it and uh, that ties to what you and i had a different version of it but like you know bullied on the playground for loving star wars mm-hmm. yeah there was a thing right and we've mentioned before and people out there listening have lived that to 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 see these people kind of coming back hayden coming back and it hitting him and, and and there's a there was a reason he came back to explore Vader at this time and crazy and then the fun and the embrace with the many embraces with with you and like this is my mm-hmm. brother but i haven't mm-hmm. seen him in so long but that was surreal and all that stuff and that started to move me um bonnie and joel just just uh, sitting there just kind of seeing real joy that oh i when he was there i saw him oh i felt good oh i felt i'm so happy you were there um <laughs> just that because this has been 20 years in the making and then and then liam neeson man he didn't say much but what he said was just really powerful and his thing about the myth and the storytelling go on. And you and I are very big on generational change in Star Wars. And we're mm-hmm. very big at making sure anyone who's entered this Star Wars journey, um, no matter what point, get to join us on this ride. Right. It's just something that's very near, dear to our hearts. Jennifer as well. And. I don't know. There's something in Liam saying that like, yep, yep. 20 because when he said well, it was 24 years ago, I'm doing the bad accent. Uh, 24 <laughs> years ago, we did The Phantom Menace, which, by the way, even though I'd known him in interviews, I've heard him in interviews talk about the movie. There was something extra. Uh, it, it hit my heart to hear him say The Phantom Menace as if he's like, no, I haven't forgotten that film. I haven't forgotten. It isn't some taken nine. I did it was 24 years ago, the Phantom Menace <laughs> and, and that got, that got me then him and kind of ending on, yeah, I'm back for that. And, 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 you know, the myth and the storytelling go on. I was like, yeah, that's right. This does star Wars gets to go on. And I, and I want to be a part of uh, making sure others who come after me, get to enjoy and get to be moved by it. And all that kind of factored in. And then the final note, I'll hand it back to you there. The, the, the weird, it was kind of a weird post credit, mid credit celebration scene. The whole, it was great. Mm-hmm. And we can discuss a little bit about it uh, only because I think we're there. But the vibes were still strong. That's not too far in our rearview mirror. Mm -mm. We were just there. My ankle still kind of (laughs) hurt. Just seeing that floor again when they went to the shot and and the big TIE fighter knowing right where that was on the convention floor. I started to get like emotional just for that. (laughs) Like,
4: I want to go back. I want to go back. Yeah, no, that I, that that was very powerful. I want to give us plenty of room to talk about uh mm-hmm. <laughs> the the importance of that celebration tag and why it moved us. But yeah, no, I mean I, I hadn't even thought about the Liam Neeson almost uh, connection again to to Alec Guinness, right? Um mm-hmm. uh Al Guinness and Liam Neeson are kind of they're they're both um yeah revered actors who've who've done a lot Liam Neeson you know has he, he's definitely um made this pivot in his career where he is you know uh the <laughs> the uh guy who uh who has skills and knows how to use them and will meet uh, <laughs> up any anybody <laughs> yeah uh yeah anyway the whole taken thing right yeah. that yeah. that veer mm-hmm. uh but you know Phantom Menace time you know he'd been in some you know some mm-hmm. genre films but in some dramas right yeah um so to kind of have that uh, again that like alec guinness being the sort of uh being part of the first star wars which began mm. mm-hmm. this new myth uh that is being passed down over the generations and then to see liam neeson so embracing it of like yeah no i got to be a part of uh, this part of the of the myth uh, yeah. back in the phantom menace and look they're still telling these stories and people still care and people are gonna keep caring that's so great yeah uh, it, it really had a nice sort of a, a bookend
1: yeah no that's a great way to look at it
4: yeah, yeah. great way to
1: look at it um yeah mm,
4: yeah sorry so I, yeah. I i agree with you on all the emotional moments i i really wanted to pick out the one that got me teary which was uh Hayden's first shot back in the story that they told around that and mm. the footage that they had, um, mm-hmm. you know, it was great to see him up close in the doc footage, totally in uh, Revenge of the Sith era, Anakin yeah. costume, yeah. Uh, just kind of out there on that, that hill, uh, you know, maybe a little isolated, a little alone, <laughs> right? And then hearing the story that, you know, Ewan's wrapped for the day and he's supposed to go home. And to me, there was a little bit of a layer of like, that stuff's serious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you're talking, SAG actors, you know, and especially like well-paid ones like like Ewan, right? And uh, like, yeah. it, it got to be, uh, they are call sheets, there are times, there's things, right? So this idea that he is demanding to stay late, mm. not just to watch off to the side, but to be, his eye line to be Hayden's eye line, right? <laughs> so he isn't just looking, <laughs> yeah. At you know, uh, a pa or <laughs> at, at a at a pa in a in a cloak, right? Uh, <laughs> or a tennis ball, yeah. He wants to be there for Hayden, and then that that great sort of childlike story is like, I, I he was far away, I couldn't quite see him, so I just yelled hello, Obi One, and then the thing that just uh, drove the the Tears stake into my eyes <laughs> like <laughs> the salute from afar from yeah. ewan to hayden it, it, it was it's just that simple kind of um story that happens in star wars many other places but in real life of just the like i want to be there for you i want to make sure that you have no doubt that you are Supported, I don't want this to just be a technical moment for you of like, yep here's your first shot and you yeah. you don't have to do much you can turn and glare right <laughs> uh, yeah. ambiguously from from a great distance, right but I'm not going to let it just be technical. it is mm. going to be a an honored recognized moment because it matters yeah yeah, yeah, I love
1: yeah, not just uh yeah not just day one, not just part of a Tuesday yeah you ain' time to what they they did, what they accomplished, what they went through and and then again, just the time as it happens, time will will take you apart you know and, mm-hmm. uh it's it, it's it's kind of real surreal uh yeah craziness, crazy I remember thirty years after last seeing one of my best friends i two thousand twelve gosh ten years ago, reconvened mm. in Vegas it was like a day had passed, yeah, and it was emotional, it was crazy, and it was fun, and it was weird and so I can only imagine you know. To, to have it all be there on that shot that day.
4: Yeah. Yeah. So powerful. Um, One other moment for me is I, I really liked, uh, you know, Moses Ingram saying uh there, there's kind of a montage of interviewing people about being excited to be in star Wars. And, and she says in, spe- in specific, it's a dream. I didn't know I had, I just mm-hmm. never thought it would or could actually be me. Yeah. Um, and, and that really, you know, to me, it spoke to, you know, Progress. Yeah. It spoke to um, the the power of appreciating the past, appreciating everything that that George Lucas created, but also creating new things. Uh, she is the biggest new character uh, who is extremely important to this story of uh, of legacy characters, right? Mm-hmm. And then also just kind of personally that you know she's honest that she hasn't had a super huge relationship to Star Wars, like you know yeah. a lot of the other people being interviewed are like, hey, totally grew up with it, right? Yeah. Um, and like, she's an embodiment of, of what we're nerding out about Liam Neeson saying, you know, the, the storytelling goes on, uh, the myth goes on, uh, you know, it, who are, who are the new people who are going to carry it, you know, and, yeah. and her joy at being one of those people was really uh, moving.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It means a lot. It means a lot in a lot of different ways. And, 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 also again, you know, knowing what she, um, went through and probably still going through, let's be clear. Um, just being existing in this world as a performer uh is 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 uh that's something still to be dealt with but to see the core to see where it's what's in her heart you know uh and and how important it is and how you know who knows i we don't get the whole story of what you know how she doesn't engage with star wars who knows why um there's many reasons but she she will be the reason that someone engages with star wars now and that's pretty powerful
4: yeah many someone's i would think yeah um Right, we we'll, we'll be sure to talk about more emotional moments as we go along but were there any uh, ideas about the characters their motivations or perspectives the not the technical insights but really the the storytelling insights that struck you
1: yeah yeah scrolling down my list here because we, we we've uh i we love that you highlighted Riva being muddled because of her heart it was just a, a very interesting thing uh we got a lot about Kenobi the broken Kenobi and that that, that was something that you really wanted to show I thought that was clear i think we kind of mm-hmm. know knew that from the press interviews even uh that was there the ben versus obi-wan was very good so we can still discuss those but i want to scroll down my list to this one that i was when i heard it i went damn right and it did accomplish it and i didn't think i need that going in it was the lars family dynamic <laughs> and joel edgerton is saying yeah we kind of come together as a family in this yeah and we you and i always kind of have that uh It's slight Justice for Uncle Owen vibe, even though, you know, he he got too crusty. He's too crusty by New Hope. He makes some mistakes at that table. Um, But just to see them at this point and to really have, because for a lot of reasons, the story about Ben, the story that uh, little lad's involved in that one, that that now Owen and Brewer are truly like, no, we've got this. I didn't do it for you. I just think of that moment early on in like episode one, part one with, with Owen. Uh, I just love that. And and that it, 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 he ha- said it, that with some con- conviction. Like, no, we came together as a family in this. We're all we need, you know? I love yeah.
4: that. Yeah, and I love just that one moment of, I, I would love to see the actual photo of them kind of posing for like their Sears family portrait. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right, it's easy to overlook because I think it's something that if you kind of, if you dive deep into Star Wars and want to discuss it a lot, yeah, it's clear that, yeah, Owen is... is Holding mm-hmm. him back. He's holding Luke back. He's coming from a, a place of fear, but it's fear born of love. I don't want anything bad to happen to him, right? So he should mm-hmm. just stay on the farm forever. And the contrasting perspective of Ruby, and like, you know, he's he's gotta go out there and have his own ventures and learn his own lessons. He he can't. He's just not a farmer. You know, yeah. and if you dive into that, you see like those are two people who both really, really love Luke at the end of the day. Right. Mm-hmm um and that's something we've talked about a lot of like yeah the ray going to the Lars homestead to me is a place where yeah luke got frustrated and wanted to leave because he was bored Mm -hmm. (laughs) and wanted to explore his destiny but he was loved there so to get to see that on screen and to know that the actors got this is what we're conveying this is right this implied truth of star wars that has not really been clearly shown on screen let's show Mm -hmm. it on screen is really powerful
1: yeah worked it's one of my favorite and i got I, i'm probably doing a kenobi rewatch soon and that's one of the reasons why
4: yeah i'm gonna be honest that's one of the reasons why i want to see them in action absolutely absolutely um a mm. uh, couple things uh that that were interesting for me um honestly some of them i i think were kind of confirmations of of things right. that that you and i really liked about the show or plenty of other fans and and uh, pundits discussed but i really like hearing uh the specific turn of phrase uh about kenobi invaders final battle that mm. specifically that neither of them had the high ground or was really going to get it it was just going to go on and on yeah. and for me that was such an important part of the fight because it, it was kenobi choosing to walk away from the constant Violence, right? Of like, okay, Vader does not want us to, there, Anakin isn't in there. Mm-hmm. He, he's not, he, he he's not going to, I'm not going to be able to talk this through with you. You're not going to be able to approach it anything else other than it's violence. It's a fight. And I don't want to keep doing that. I want to choose mercy and hope in the future and and i just i, I liked hearing that specific <laughs> yeah. uh, turn of phrase to interpret that uh, neither of them had the high ground or was going to get it
1: no, i love them addressing it and uh you and kind of saying something about uh you know uh he, yeah giving uh, his thoughts on you know why he doesn't kill him in that moment and and it's just it adds a lot to that conversation and 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 sometimes have some folks cut that off as well you know it's the plot he has to say well yeah of course Mm-hmm. but analyzing the why is so powerful and uh, it was so clear and that would just that made me really appreciate that fight even more
4: yeah and it goes back to i think what what uh both deborah chow and and ewan mcgregor are talking about this show in this journey is kind of about him as a man and like mm-hmm. maybe if he's in a different place he'd say like okay a part of being a jedi is my responsibility to to stop this threat but but i am more focused on i in, in order to ever be a Jedi again, I need to step away from this violence, and yeah. I am not continuing this fight in this moment. You know, that's a good, that's a uh,
1: I've, now I just feel analyzing Kenobi and the turn <laughs> of Kenobi, but the, the 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 a Jedi returns and and how that mm-hmm. is is this make me a Jedi or not.
4: Yeah, yep, yeah. and I and I like the emphasis from lots of people's uh, uh, discussions. Hayden, uh, e- even a little bit of you know, Deborah talking about the purpose of Ian McDermott's Ian McDermott's mm-hmm. uh, Palpatine's call. This idea that uh, Kenobi wants uh, closure. He wants to forgive himself uh, for all the blame uh, uh, for w- what happened to to Anakin, and he gets closure because he's able to you know walk away from it. And Vader needs to dominate Obi Wan,
3: <laughs> yeah.
4: And He can't have closure, and this idea that, that having that raw open wound is it, that works for Palpatine for Vader to just not mm. have closure, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, I got a couple other uh, e- interesting uh, insights, uh, but I want to pitch back to you. Yeah,
1: yeah. The I love the little detail. Um, I think it was yeah, you and uh, was talking about the impatience of Obi Wan. And how he first you see it with Anakin, the show attack of the clones clip, but then he's got the lay at the beginning, and just mm-hmm. kind of that being kind of a a trait of Anakin uh, of Kenobi that he would be w- really familiar with because that's probably how he played it, and that's how he analyzed it as a performer as an artist. So to actually have that kind of repeat um, might have been something I was aware with aware of on some level, but I, I hadn't thought of it in those terms of just him kind of doing this, like yeah, 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 kid, and uh, how that grows and how how it, how he does say that she's you know. Uh, She is, uh, I don't need, she's part of the fight. She's not something I need to protect in the fight sometimes. However however he said it, I forget Mm -hmm. exactly. I love that there. And it all goes, uh, you know, um, some stuff you said about, uh, Deborah Chow saying about Leia, but the clear cut intentions to place Leia in the center of the saga with Luke, side by side, Mm -hmm. which is something that we we feel uh, was at play at the end of uh, Rise of Skywalker, the two Mm -hmm. blades. Um, Yeah, it was real powerful because all the, all the, Nice words about land over the years are, are are all valuable and true and real. But, uh, you know, Luke, Luke is Luke. And he's always kind of been uh, the center of the poster. And this, this, this series kind of going, yeah, you know, the, I'm thinking of the Bale Organic line. She's just as important as him, Kenobi. <laughs> and you know that. That was mm-hmm. really important to see. That was clear cut from them. I liked
4: yeah, no, absolutely. I feel like this is that, you know, meme of, uh, you know, shaking hands and then you put uh, the text over it and I feel like, you know, uh, Rise of Skywalker, <laughs> yeah. Obi-Wan Kenobi TV show is shaking hands about Leia's, one of the Skywalker twins of the two. Yes. And, it, and it it takes these two and, and, they, and all their friends and all the people they inspire. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I was really, um, I really liked hearing a, a lot of just kind of Ewan's passion about uh, Kenobi's journey, and I, I don't think there were like any any specific like revelations because I think they told the story well, and I think it was on screen. But I liked a lot of the things uh, that he said about the journey. I like seeing a lot of the clips of the from back in the day in the prequels. Right, mm-hmm. um, I, I was really uh, moved and intrigued by <laughs> young hip uh, punk <laughs> Ewan McGregor <laughs> meeting George Lucas and. Oh. It, Right? Like, that's just fun. But then, you know, George is explaining to to young Ewan yeah. that, you know, Obi-Wan doesn't want to train Anakin. He's not sure about it. He isn't capable of it, Lucas just says, uh, but he promises his master, so he's got to do it, right? Um, and that's yeah. fascinating by itself. But then to kind of connect that directly back to the beginning of the Kenobi television show, there's this great symmetry where Obi-Wan finds himself kind of back in the same place where he is obsessed with watching over luke right he is held Mm -hmm. by that he is he is trapped by that just like he might have at in some moments felt initially trapped by having to train anakin right Mm -hmm. That he doesn't have the room Mm -hmm. to figure out who he is because who he is right now is this responsibility and nothing else so anything about me or myself or my journey or my wants or my needs or who am i is a is a man is is pushed away because I have a responsibility as a Jedi and it's to always watch a Skywalker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I think that's part of what works great about this show and about this journey is he still has the greatest reverence for taking care of the next generation for watching over Skywalkers. But in order to best serve that noble mission, he needs to get back in touch with himself. Uh, yeah, and, and I love seeing those clips kind of together to to tie tie Obi One's uh, journey together.
1: Yeah, no, well said, and and also just the the comedy of uh, like train spotting, you <laughs> and McGregor turn around <laughs> and just kind of laughing at at this, George being there, like ha ha, <laughs> like
4: it's George. <laughs> like, ah. That's, I love that. That is, yeah. that is all of us. Yeah, absolutely. And then it was not explicit, but. Uh, uh, Ewan expressed it so many times that he really was intrigued by a story of somebody who is totally broken. He mm-hmm. talks a lot about how toward the end through this journey he goes on with Leia and Tala and all the other people he meets who, who bring out um, his hope and his uh, resilience and, and all that. Um, and it really specifically saying that toward the end of the show, then he's back to this fun, charming guy that you all know. And it wasn't explicit, but it made me feel like is this some of what Ewan fought for as a uh, producer, right? Cause mm-hmm. they make a big deal that he has a creative voice. Um, yeah. yeah. And is that some of what he fought for of like, yeah, I know some people want to see the Obi-Wan they know back by chapter three. Um, mm-hmm. But it is a slow journey and he's not fully back to that charming, whimsical mm-hmm. guy, you know, until the end. And that's the journey I want to play as an actor.
1: And see, see, um, uh- that's why I want this podcast doc that I have. In my head. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's all there. It's all there. Um, but yes, no, there's some, some that stuff of, um, you know, and I don't want to tie it into the some of the discourse that was around the show, but you, what you kind of mentioned about like season or by part three or four, like, come on, be, get your lightsaber out. It's like, yeah, that's the point. I can only imagine, Ewan, Ewan McGregor, as much as he wanted to play this role, he's not the type. This is the guy who goes on Fargo and puts on a, you know, nose uh, makeup prosthetic and goes, and explores a character. Like he He's not that movie star dude that wouldn't roll the sleeves up. I think, I think you're absolutely right. What's the point of me coming back? And mm-hmm. for him saying this is, uh, you know, even for him, like, uh, you know, he, I think he's had an interesting relationship with Star Wars over the years. He's always been relatively positive. Mm-hmm. But there is a little bit, you know. He's been a little open about shooting on blue screens back in the day and back today, and you know, ah, uh, well, yeah. Those I haven't really watched those movies. But I've seen some of his comments, and for and now we, we, here he is. he's kind of the punk you and meeting George again. I get it, so it's got to be part of it too on a metal level. So I'm excited, but I like that stuff.
4: Yeah, yeah, and, and to be clear, I'm I'm guessing, you know, I'm yeah. intrigued if that's something that he he pushed for, and and as a Kenobi fan, and what I loved is. I loved him going on a journey, and I loved that there were the sparks of this this uh, charming, uh, curious uh, man, and they were they were slowly they slowly came back out throughout the course of it. So yeah. I felt uh, that I got what I wanted as a Kenobi fan. Yeah, um, I think we both agree that there are some kind of odd moments of almost exposition in this documentary, um, particularly about the Inquisitors, mm-hmm. a few other beats um what is your take why do you think that those are there i'm kind of
1: lost lost on that i i i, <laughs> I, I, I really am um it wasn't even what was said that i kind of butted up against it, it was really how uh it stood, it's sort a stale vo that's not deborah chow in a chair that's deborah chow at home in a or a studio we got to put this line in it's a pickup It's and 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 it just it just stood out. It was emotionless and distant for me. It it made me grumpy. I was grumpy. I was like, why that why? I remember telling you before, it's like I've I've watched the show. <laughs> I know what all this is. Like, and yes, we always try to say, hey, maybe someone, but no one I can't imagine there's a person who's like, let me watch this doc before I watch the show. It just was framed really weird. Uh, the, even the you know the as created by Dave Filoni, the man in the cowboy hat. That it, 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 yeah, I got it. Wikipedia, come down. Like <laughs> I did not like it. I really, I, I really, really didn't like some of those beats. Uh, it just made it a little not fluff, like the great joke you made about the the Brosnan stuff earlier. It wasn't fluff, but it was just distant. And I come to these. To be close, (laughs) you know, to be close as you'll let me. But again, there's so many other things there. But I, I got to tell you, I, I, I I literally, I was alone in the room, and I was like, what, what, why are you doing that? Yeah, I don't know, I don't know. But I, and then end of the answer, I end of the day, I don't know. I'm kind of lost on why.
4: Yeah, I, I think you summed it up well about the the distance because you know, getting into it and realizing, okay, this isn't a real technical. How was yeah. it made? This is going to be different from Disney gallery shows. Some of which like that first whole Disney gallery Mandalorian season are, are organized yeah. either chronologically through the process or by department. Here's the episode about costumes. Here's the episode yeah. about directing, you know? Um, so realizing early on, on that that's not what this documentary is and going, Oh, this is a warm human experience to then get a little bit into it. And uh, yeah, have the weirdness of, why do we need exposition about what the inquisitors are because anybody mm-hmm. who has watched who is watching this documentary has most likely watched the show and then yeah that it 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 did sound different than the yeah. you know warm friendly uh being interviewed uh kind of dialogue to reading yeah. copy you know yeah um so it, it i think you captured it perfectly of like if the power of this documentary is to feel like you're kind of being invited into this warm human moments of the fun and the joy and the reverence of creating this show. And then I just got pushed out by a <laughs> yeah. weird, uh, dubbed exposition about something we all saw on the show.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it, you know, it's not enough to make me stop, um, Preston, you know, play, I, but yeah, it just was, uh, it was a couple of those beats. Yeah
4: yeah no and i i have no idea why there's the part of me is like is that a weird executive note is that like mm-hmm. you know an executive saw this and it's like you got to explain that and was like okay yeah
1: yeah <laughs> who knows? And it might be so...
4: yeah who knows yeah. who knows uh, yeah, yeah. but for me that was really like the only thing that was a a, a bump from this documentary
1: yeah same same
4: all right we're going to take a quick break and we're going to talk about a couple more of the fun moments in uh, moving moments and ideas in this documentary back in a moment Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash
2: boast. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down.
4: And we are back to continue our discussion of the documentary Obi-Wan Kenobi, A Jedi's Return. Um, I, I want to talk about this that that's in the documentary, but it is also just kind of a bigger observation about the the current era we're in with the streaming shows. Um, throughout the process of, of promoting Kenobi and in this documentary, uh, Deborah Chow is centered as the creative voice and lead of the project, uh, much like... Favreau and Filoni are as the showrunners and writers of The Mandalorian, and Tony Gilroy certainly is as the showrunner and head writer for Cassian Andor, and I'm intrigued because traditionally there is an authorship divide, right, where showrunners and head writers are kind of the creative lead in television, and then in film, directors are kind of the uh, final creative voice what, what do you think this all says about streaming shows about the Lucasfilm creative process that we sometimes have a little bit of more of a television model where the showrunner is the final vo- creative voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then for the Obi-Wan show, we have a little bit more of this perspective where the director is the one who who ties it all together.
1: Yeah. I have a lot. So all right, I have a lot of thoughts on this. Uh, <laughs> I have a lot of questions. No, I think, so this is great. First of all, I think it was very smart to position, position her uh, in that position, in that, lead spot for this project it actually mm-hmm. worked puts her over I hope it fosters more faith in, in her from the general audience that her name could be up there as well with those folks um, and yeah it, it, we're, I you, you and I have discussed this before I think off we're in the, I call this like showrunner obsessed time mm. where uh, and sometimes I just don't love that I gotta be I don't love it because I think it covers up a lot of work of other people it, it creates a false god situation not that the person in that spot is asking for that <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's unfair to a lot of folks but i don't mind it uh, and i don't mind it for this and don't mind it for this doc um because this might be more truthful there's a lot of hands on these projects right the writing the 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 baton of the writing was something that probably you can't talk much about for this project though some people are out there in the press talking about it right <laughs> Stuart mm-hmm. stewart given his entire script from this movie um so yeah it, it's uh it's fascinating because the the streaming shows to me work a little bit more like the director film model, right? Like, basically, like Favreau just basically putting it all together. It's a it's a movie broken up for me, and that's a very general way to look at it. But you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, so it made sense for this project for her as a director of all of it. Now, yes, for Mandalorian, there's different directors, but it's still kind of flows back into John and it, it's less of a showrunner. It's more of a director vibe for me of of like the film process. And I just, I like, I, I kind of, I, I want that maybe clarified more for the general audience so they, they can understand it. So even when you're talking about the shows, the way you engage with them, like Book of Boba Fett did not have a traditional writer's room. It did not. So even though you might, might have wanted that, and might have wanted more people to write it, this was John's story. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, it if it had been a Boba Fett movie, it would have been Writed, written, directed by auteur John Favreau. So it just it works a little different. It's all interesting. I, I'm, I'm bubbling over with with thoughts on it. But uh, I actually really liked this. That this was a, a, a Ewan Hayden, Deborah Chow doc.
4: Yeah, yeah, no. And I, I want to be very clear. I think that it, it's not, I'm not saying she's presented this way in the documentary and in the press. I think she was the creative voice and that was a decision of like, yes, yes. There, there needs to be a sort of um the creative uh. There's discussions, but then, you know, there's one one person at the top of this yeah. uh, pyramid of collaboration, right? Yeah. And it, for this one, it's uh, one person directing all episodes, and it's Deborah Chow. And we clearly see that in these great uh, documentary, uh, uh, all these documentary mm-hmm. scenes where she's working with everybody, the prompt department, the, the actors, the, you know, the extras. She's making the crew speeches. Obviously, she is, you know, yeah. the voice, uh, which yeah. is great. And I think it, it gives us great consistency to the show. Yeah. I'm just fascinated by it because I think the sort of uh, streaming world is still in this awkward space between a TV show and a movie, right? Yes. Very For streaming much so. shows, we still haven't got uh, in, in, especially in the genre space of like it's it's really a television show that's it's you know there's kind of an overarching story but you know it's uh it's a week-to-week thing i mean she hulk mm-hmm. right now is kind of kind of like that she's going through a, a big overall journey but each episode is kind of like here's her adventure this week as well mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. but we're still in this kind of strange space of like is the mandalorian a tv show where each uh, episode he has a different quest like yes mm-hmm. But then also each season he has a big overall quest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there's this kind of this storytelling tension of what is a TV show? Mm-hmm. What is a movie? What is a limited series streaming event? <laughs> you know, and yeah. I think the biggest thing it speaks to to me is that Kenobi just never shook the DNA of mm-hmm. being a movie of being one big grand adventure. I think a lot of work went into structuring, the individual episodes, so that they were a satisfying chapter of a story. Mm-hmm. But I think that the film model in in the sort of authorship it is there in Kenobi because that's always been the DNA of the thing, and it's never changed. Yeah. Where I think Favreau from the beginning approached The Mandalorian as more of a television show of like, yeah, I, I'm not directing. Every episode, you know, I'm mm-hmm. writing most of the episodes, but I can hire another writer too, uh, because it's a TV show, and we're in the model mm-hmm. where you know the the showrunner is yeah. the ultimate creative voice, and I think that's going to happen with Ahsoka, and it's certainly happening with the the way Tony Gilroy is being, uh, you yes. know, centered is absolutely in charge of Cassie Andor, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's
1: fascinating. It, it gets into different areas, whether you know the punditry, the the writing, the creative uh, coverage of it. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of things about it. Yeah,
4: yeah, and and even even I think with Kenobi, the story of the writers is complex, very, <laughs> complex. right. And maybe mm, you know not something that they want to discuss now. Whereas like Mandalorian is like uh, writers get hired and they write yeah. an episode or they don't. You know, and it's not – whereas, again, Kenobi had, because it started as a movie, much more of a sort of movie process behind the scenes. Big one, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Any other thoughts on this one before we move on?
1: No, no, no. Other than, again, the end of the day, it's a very positive thing to have her center there. It was really well done.
4: Yeah, no, I'm thrilled with that. I think it's the right decision. I'm just really fascinated by process. And I think more than anything, I'm fascinated because we're still in the early phase of what is streaming how does it work? What's a movie? What's a TV show? Yeah, you know, and, and all these different ways to frame it and look at it are—it's it, fun to be in a time of discovery.
1: There you go. Yes, I like it. I like that. I like
4: that. Yes. So, oh, yeah. uh, moving on, many moments <laughs> of the documentary are the uh, actors and the directors sharing what Star Wars meant to them growing up. Uh, what were some of your favorites of those moments? It's just a reminder that
1: a lot of reminders of Star Wars is connected to a sense of family and community, and that being one of the big themes in there. And just some of the simple stuff that I don't know, maybe because we deal with it every week, it's like, yeah, 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 no. But I just loved hearing uh, uh, Bonnie uh, P.S. I always say her name P.S. And I really, I don't know. I realize I don't know exactly how she says it. So <laughs> I just, for 20 years, that's what I've said. I have to look it up. Um, she has, some, by the way, she has some music. On, if you didn't know, she's recording her. She has a lot of albums. Get it on, uh, I was listening to her and stuff on Spotify recently. What? Yeah, 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 totally is yeah. released a few albums. Like, yeah, whole thing. Yeah, and then of course the whole thing with that, the the cult and all that stuff. But, yeah, she's she's uh, lived a lot of lives. Uh, but I loved hearing her coming back to this. And again, I don't know how, how much Star Wars is on her uh, uh, in her life daily over the last twenty plus years since leaving the prequels. Um, but her just knowing and recognizing the energy of you know, Star Wars calls on people's souls. She said. Mm. Uh, and that was big. That's big for us. I think it's one of the reasons we come back to Star Wars every week as a as a show. Uh so I loved her kind of um not naive joy at just very uh, astute and insightful joy uh at uh this this uh, this feeling and it just kind of was a reminder. And then yeah, a lot of people talking about you know the family connections from Deborah Chow on down, but even someone like Moses Ingram who's uh you know didn't grow up with it. It's just now uh, hopefully getting plugged in that sense of Star Wars community. Uh, It was great. It was O'Shea Jackson just like, yeah, me and my family watch this. (laughs) I'm like, really? Okay. I'd love to, I'd love some video of that with your family.
4: (laughs) Yeah. No, that was really, uh, how, what a just absolute nerd for star wars i say that of course as a compliment that O.J. jackson jr was in uh the particular quote of like i want duel of the fates played at my wedding (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) was great but also yeah that was a great moment of just like sort of uh smashing any cultural stereotype you have like yep Yep. ice cube (laughs) bought his kids the dvds (laughs) (laughs) you know just just that's a real star wars is for everyone check all of your cultural assumptions at the door right yep um from from uh, you know yeah especially, <laughs> especially thinking growing up with Ice Cube when when you know uh, some of his tracks were pretty hardcore is is the good <laughs> yeah. say, you know did not um, reference Star
1: Wars in some of those
4: <laughs> no no uh, so that one I really liked um uh, e- Ewan McGregor always talks about in, in different contexts you know being blown away by Star Wars and being a fan as a kid but there was something about the way he said it this time in this interview. Where, you know, he said, like, okay, well, we had to, you know, go to the big city and we we're going to see this movie. And everyone was really excited. But then, then it, it, it was Star Wars. Yeah. And it's just a great way to capture, like, just how it was groundbreaking, right? Um, mm-hmm. Especially in the eyes of a kid, right? Um, and then I love the way he just said, like, and then eventually it came out on, on VHS. And we, we just, we watched it until it was just colors on the screen. <laughs> the tape was so worn out. It's just such a great visceral way to describe, like not just ah, I like that movie. It was yeah. such a part of my life that the media that played it <laughs> began yeah. to deteriorate. Right? That's that's a different kind of a part of my life than yeah, I saw it uh, two three times, loved it, great. Yeah, that's the dividing line, right? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and then and then kind of going all the way up to the present uh, with a little uh, section with a with a uh, Vivian uh mm-hmm. saying yeah i started reading with star wars books in the moment i saw <laughs> him on the page i fell in love with r2d <laughs> yeah really great <was>, like, right? <laughs> yeah and then later you and being like she likes droids a lot a lot a lot yeah yeah uh any, any more thoughts on that before we move on uh no no but just
1: powerful stuff star wars calls on people's souls well that's big
4: it does thank you Peru. i'm looking up your records um there were also just you know so many charming, fun, human moments. So I want to be sure to just give some space to get excited about some of our our favorite moments of uh, human fun and charm. So, what were some of the, your favorite moments there?
1: Uh, Go and uh, well, you 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 and I both talked about the, Ian McDiarmid forgetting the word execute and just having this like kind of humor <laughs> over that the emperor would forget execute. Um, I, I wrote down to Moses and grooms excitement of the dream. She didn't know she had, uh, and then that little moment of kind of being reminded how long the lightsaber blade was. And that one shot, just like, all right, just remember, oh, yeah. cut off the head. Uh, I mentioned Bonnie and Joel a lot, just in, in the interplay between them was great. So a couple of other moments though, uh, you, you wouldn't believe in the Gungan Bongo was real. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel that. that. one yeah just the way he's like explain we do we go on what what are you talking we, do we un, go under the water no does it, does it submerge no it's it's, it's not really
4: no, uh, it's, it's a really funny anecdote but it's great to, to to like yeah capture that like okay this is this weird space where we're excited to be here to capture this fantasy but it is also real work
1: well yeah just a reminder too of you know he does not even sure if indie actor you in at that period of time can do this and should do this and and then uh star wars is in soul and he gets to set and all that all that's gone and you just want that sub to be real you want that bongo to flow
3: <laughs>
4: yeah that's so great mm-hmm. um uh there's so many moments with uh with hayden um i, I do love the moment of him talking about how george lucas told him that there's always a, a little bit of Anakin there. Uh, but I love great. that he's in the melted makeup. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I took a screenshot of it because it's it's just, it's so memeable of uh, him in the burnt hmm. makeup. And the, the caption is, uh, so George Lucas told me. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's
1: just the way, it's so great. Because he got the entire makeup team that takes hours to do. And it just he's telling the story of the camera. But George would have been enough but you got to say George Lucas, but it's just, it wasn't like an arrogant thing. I talked to, talk to you, but it's just like, you know, if you his name's George Lucas. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got it. But it was just yep. great. Love that moment.
4: Yeah. Yeah. And then I just, I, I loved, um, I love the moments that were sort of the, the reverent moments of people watching Star Wars projected, uh, I assume in the volume. Um, oh, but yeah. watching Ewan in Hayden kind of have their, uh, they're almost they're riffing. right? The moment where Hayden says, "I mean, you warned me you had the high ground, <laughs> just priceless, right, yeah,
1: yeah, you and with the fight a dollar for every time no i i I put that down too, of just them watching their quote old stuff, like Hayden shows up and you and it's like, "Oh, we've just been watching our old stuff all day. Oh, you mean, Star Wars? Yeah, yeah,
4: love that. Yeah, absolutely great. I loved Ewan. Uh, he's talked about it in interviews, but it's great to see it with the footage of Ewan talking about being actually scared to be chased by Vader, right? <laughs> to be so yeah. into it that like, okay, I'm, I is an actor. I've convinced myself to be in this place of, of panic. I, I am where, you know, I, where Obi-Wan needs to be, where he has to face him, but he's not ready. And turning around and seeing actual bleeping Vader <laughs> marching on you would be, would be terrifying. And I just love that honesty. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. A uh, couple more moments for me. Do you have any more that you wanted to share?
1: Uh, no, I, I do like uh, some stuff of the Kumail, uh some of the insights too oh. of him, him, him talking about it, but yeah, the, yeah. there's a lot there in the, uh, the, the, um that, the moment it was in the trailer for this but yeah Vivian uh, Lara Lara Blair just like kind of holding hugging a droid which is just so
4: sweet. <laughs> yeah, the the extremely hard force uh push done practically yeah. was amazing to see. Um yeah. <laughs> uh, so two other uh, one that just cracked me up uh the I, I would assume the practice motion capture uh, for Freck with actual Zach Raff <laughs> uh yelling at the uh fake head of Freck and if you watch with captions, the, the final thing, he, he says some things, and then he just makes some noise, and the caption says, Braff Sobbing. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so great. And then the, the final one, just the utter endless charm of Ewan McGregor uh, at the, the uh, party, the, the rap party, uh, bringing out those uh, cigars that are left over from his, his wee boy and saying uh, disney's like like that one but uh death sticks are over here <laughs>
1: well i yeah that's hilarious um, hilarious what what's funny about that uh watching it the second time uh, when the when the when we press play grace is like impl- there's some note of there she goes it says implied smoking and I went, "Oh my oh, Disney did have a problem."
4: <laughs> I love watching, you know, uh, how, how many Star Wars things say say uh contains tobacco depictions. Yeah, yeah,
1: there you go. And You're like,
4: Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, the uh the snooty guy in the cantina, yep, yep, he's yep. he's definitely smoking something. Yep, yeah. yep. Oh, the one of those Ewoks is got a pipe going. Yep, yep. Okay. That's right.
1: <laughs> uh, who knows what's chirp
4: smoking I, I just that
1: was because I hadn't connected that and then uh yeah. My wee yeah. my wee boy Uh,
4: Yeah, so funny. We we could describe a warm human moments all day, but we're uh, heading toward wrapping up. So I do want a deep dive on that celebration bonus scene. Mm -hmm. What was powerful about ending the documentary with the premiere at Star Wars Celebration?
1: I again, I have to be honest, is like the, the vibes are still very present in my soul on Star Wars Celebration. So it's like you're you're feeling it, but. It, it, it captures what we love about it there uh, from our side, right? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we weren't there at that particular panel that day, but we might have been sobbing like that one guy was as well. You know,
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't know.
1: So there's that side of it. But to see the other side of them meeting the fans, of going out to the fans and how nerve wracking it is and how wonderful it is and then have Hayden get an, uh, emotional in the hallways. We don't see that, right? We don't feel that. We're not in those conversations. We don't, we don't uh, get to ask now how he felt. So to actually see it and to see like two sides of the stage, so to speak, I mm-hmm. really love that.
4: It was really effective. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously there is a power to being like, oh, yes, I know exactly where that is on the floor and in the auditorium and, oh, hey, camera, can you turn over that way and see if, you know, I'm buying an action figure in that exact moment? Like, there's mm-hmm. there is definitely, you know, I think for people who were at Star Wars Celebration to be like, we are now watching Star Wars at home and now we are seeing this this space, you know, that we mm-hmm. were in. But in a much larger uh, idea, it is, to me it's kind of about this, um, this circle of appreciation for this modern myth. If this documentary is about the people who love star Wars and and why do we continue to love it? Uh, why do the stories matter? Why, why does that love matter? And then so much of the doc is showing us that the people who made Obi Wan Kenobi, were not just treating it as like, it's the gig. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, the money was good. I didn't, I had a hole in my schedule. Uh, I feel like everyone who made this loves star Wars and they're thoughtful about why they love star Wars. And then it's a high pressure thing, right? Uh, because love can curdle into, uh, being upset if you, if fans feel like you didn't do it justice, right? So to see people who worked so hard on this, who legitimately love star Wars, worked hard to put their own souls into it as well to then be showered with love from Star Wars fans and to be stripped of any of the doubt or the cynicism and just say unambiguously, there are millions of people who love this story, love these characters, these characters appreciate us for embodying them. Mm -hmm. It it, it is just this this circle of love that speaks to inclusion, Joy, connection, hope, the kind of things that the characters in Star Wars fight for are happening right there physically in the real
3: world.
1: Yeah, inclusion of love. Uh, love that. Love that uh, phrase. Yeah, no, it, 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 you just feel it again. Yeah, you feel it and, and know that... Uh, and that's for all the shows, right? Everyone everyone there, you enter that world. Even if you're not super familiar with it, you feel it and you pick up on what's going on. And uh, you get to see that. I love that.
4: Yeah, yeah. I haven't had a chance to watch the this documentary with sarah and i, I with my wife and i, I can't wait to to mm. see how she receives it and if she is uh, is moved I, I suspect she will be but i'll be really really fun to see and i can show yeah. her where i bought some of the action figures that are now in our home <laughs> well i, I and it was uh it was it was weird because you know the footage is from the panel not from the
1: screening and so that sometimes they, they did a little trick of you know trick of editing to make it sound like that was the premiere but there was one shot a long shot of the and i just kept that i was like oh those are the double doors it was like triple doors or whatever but like the doors that you and Ellis kept going through to go to the restroom and I'd get nervous hoping you guys could get back in I was like those are those doors and watch them leave and I would never they might never come back
4: <laughs> we made it back from the bathroom every time you did every, every time. time every time good bathrooms real good bathrooms there anyway <laughs> uh, what are your hopes for future Star Wars documentaries either in topic yeah. or tone do you want more like this that are just not, not a ton about process, but more about love and the people who made, up, made it or or are, you, or are you hungry for the let's get into what really happened? Yeah, I'm <laughs>
1: hungry. Uh, look, you're always going to have these types, these styles, which mm-hmm. are great. And, and they come off as time slightly more promotional again that V.O., but also they aren't that. They're exactly what you're talking about. They're going into the people that are making this and that works for Star Wars and the Star Wars family. And I still want those um and it's a fun it's always it's between these and i know the marvel ones i've I've only watched the hawkeye marvel show because i love that comic run so i watched the the marvel one as well for the 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 gallery on on the hawkeye series it's a fun kind of coming down right like Mm -hmm. you just got the joy of the series and you're still high coming down the mountain and uh you get to just kind of spend some more time with it here so i absolutely love these and i hope they do more of these i hope they do one for every series i think we got a little spoiled with the first mando one right (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. like, uh, even the second season, Amanda, like, Oh, only one and a follow up. Huh? Okay. Okay. Um, but anyways, I want these to exist. I want these to always be there. I, I do though. I am hungry for more standalone docs, uh, real conflicts, real insights, honesty, truth, uh, exploring some of the bigger decisions, the light and sound level doc. And I know that's not You know, I knew this wasn't going to be that, Mm-hmm. Um but I think I'm really really ready to go bigger with some of these. And you're right cuz time not just heals wounds but times maybe give, gives you some perspectives and uh you can go into some of the stuff. I know some things are always going to be probably off the table. We're not going to get that uh, tell all a solo doc. I get that. Mm-hmm. Um but I wouldn't mind that around characters around you know, a, a four-part doc on on the cult of Vader and and everything about it, and Anakin, and Hayden and all, that, that'd be fascinating to me. Uh, stuff like that. It just it makes me. There's parts of this doc that actually scratch that itch, like the opening with the the Alec Guinness stuff is mm. wonderful. And you're right. I I don't recall seeing this one that footage before. Um, and that just kind of made me want to go deeper, which was almost worked against this. <laughs> You know what I mean? The, the doc. That's why I was a little grumpy at times. Like, no, 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 go deep. I know who the inquisitors are. I, I know. Go deeper, but uh, that, that this wasn't about that. So I want more of those.
4: Yeah, I'd be more than happy to have have more documentaries like this one. We talk about this so much. Of like how much should we be prepared for something or do we need to as audiences go in and, and have epiphanies about, oh, this is what it is and now I'll readjust my expectations. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, I would, I'd be more than happy if they, you know, just put out, you know, a documentary after the fact of like, fun times on the Andor set. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. You know, yeah. You know the, uh, why the people who made Andor loved Andor and just see that. That's great. I love yeah, it. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm, you know, like maybe, maybe, Someday, though, there will be uh, the Force Awakens story, right? Because mm-hmm. we know some of the things that happened behind the scene with Harrison Ford's injury. Abrams has said great, interesting, intriguing stuff about Harrison Ford's injury gave him time to redo some things. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, exactly, you know, which, which bits of Lucas' treatment, all all that stuff. There's, yeah. a, there's yeah. a fascinating story. And, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. maybe 2025, maybe maybe a full 10 years. <laughs> Maybe yeah, you know, maybe, uh and then, um, yeah, I mean, I feel like the disney the first Disney gallery series for Mandalorian season one, I think happened it, it, I'm guessing total guesses for two reasons uh there Disney plus was hungry for content, right, yeah, and uh I love that John Favreau is just a chatter, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I feel like he's the kind of guy that you could say one keyword to in any topic, right? you could say duvet. And then mm-hmm. he would hold a fascinating 45 minute conversation <laughs> with the people in line with him at a grocery store. Right. Yeah. yeah. He's a chatter and he is a is a host who loves to facilitate conversation. Right. Yeah. Um, so I I, I I almost feel like just let let uh, let Favreau loose on shows he didn't even uh, work on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let him let him have, you know, a, a dinner for five. Yes. You know, or whatever. Star uh, Wars uh, for five. Yeah, Star Wars for five and you rebuild the the uh, dining room scene, uh, mm-hmm. dining room set from Empire Strikes Back and let him sit where Vader did and host a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Final thing for me is I do, I did really like that first one that kind of broke things up by department. I am really, mm-hmm. I really like deep diving on music, costumes, fight, choreography, all that.
1: Yeah, uh, see, there you go. I didn't get anything from, from, on Natalie Holtz. Front. yeah okay
3: yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. all right uh,
1: all right before uh, we <laughs> before we descend into any
4: any uh any more grumbles we'll we'll yeah. hope for more kenobi uh reviews uh mm-hmm. include us both in the grumbling can um <laughs> let's end with a fun question if you could stand around in the volume watching any star wars movie or tv show with any star wars actor uh which story and actor would you choose no
1: hesitation i'm at best in the phantom menace
4: wow no hesitation. That, oh, oh wow that's amazing i sh- we, we we should have gone with you last uh i we'll have you, <laughs> have you it. no i had i had a comedy answer and a serious answer uh serious answer has some comedy to it uh my my serious answer is uh solo with harrison ford I, oh that'd be great i just i love that he liked that movie that he was fascinated by it as mm-hmm. an actor that he praises Alden's performance. I, I would I would love to mm-hmm. to sit and just kind of hear what noises Harrison Ford makes as he watches Solo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then my joke answer is I would love to watch a random episode of the Ewok cartoon with Ian McDermott. <laughs> <laughs> is
1: this is in the same galaxy that I was in. Is this is this is the same?
4: These are the bears who caused me the trouble, right? <laughs> yes. But I'm at best in the Phantom Menace. That's the answer. Well, Uh, put them on the volume. Ah, that'd be great. Yeah. All right, Ken. You want to let people know where they can find us? I do. Thanks for listening, to us everybody. We're
1: the Force Center Podcast Feed. Uh, recording on a cloudy day in Southern California. We're on Twitter at Four Center Pod. Our Instagram page uh, is uh, for you to find as well at Four Center Pod. Uh, we're on YouTube as well. We got a live QA coming up here at the end of September. Details to follow. Uh, Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. Uh, We're available on Acast, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and more. You can get merch at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. And if you so uh, choose, you can support us directly at patreon.com slash Force Center. From there, you can get to our Discord and uh, discuss Star Wars with fans every day. You can follow me at Cadnapsock or go to my website, katnapsok.com. confirming the dates soon but looks like i'll be doing some comedy in new york and seattle very soon so look for that look for that joseph where can they follow and find you
4: yeah, you can find me on all the social media, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Grimshaw. You can visit uh, my website, uh, josephscrimshaw.com, for all of my comedy adventures. Uh, I'll be in Portland uh, the weekend of October 7th through the 9th uh, for the H.P. Lovecraft Film Festival, where a short film I made will be playing. Uh, also, I want to make a specific request. Uh, for Force Central listeners uh, to check out my personal YouTube channel. If you go to YouTube and you search Joseph Scrimshaw, it will pop up. Uh, I would like to get my personal YouTube channel monetized again. And of course, that uh, requires some more subscribers and some more hours watching. There are a lot of comedy videos, some uh, audio versions of my podcast, Obsessed. So, if you're a YouTube type person and if you have some time and want to help me out, that would be deeply appreciated. Uh, thank you so much for everything that you do for us, wonderful listeners. For now, for myself, for Ken, for Ewan McGregor's Death Sticks, this has been Forcent.